This is Kari Gale. And this is Tony Critz. Welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Hello, welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast. This is Tony Criz. And this is Kari Gale. Nice to have you. Uh, today we are, want to talk about life on the Camino de Santiago. Yes? Yes. So in order to do it, I'm actually going to have... I want, Kari, I want you to be sort of the lead foot on this one. The lead foot? The lead foot. <laughs> okay. The trailblazer. Um, maybe you could, uh, maybe you could just sort of do a little bit, tell us a little bit about what it takes to, to like prepare to go on the Camino and from your experiences. Sure. And then we'll sort of talk about, um, what life is like on the Camino de Santiago for those who don't know. And for those who do know and have been, this will be a great sort of remembering with us what it was like. And for those who haven't gone, this will be a chance to sort of seed your imagination as to what it's like to to walk across Spain and to go to uh, Santiago in Spain. Oh my gosh. I'm just in my head. Like there's all these synapses firing of just remembering how excited I was to, to prepare. Um, the first thing that I need to say is that I went with my sister, Lissa, and I am a middle child. Lissa is the oldest child. And when there is planning to do. My sister is amazing. She's the diva of planning. Now, when my sister isn't around, I'm very good at planning. I'm great at it. But if she's around, I generally let her do the planning because she's so good at it and she enjoys it. So um, a lot of our planning had to do with her doing amazing amounts of research on the internet and then coming to me with a few choices which is actually how I love to make decisions you you go do all the research uh, come up with the best top two and then I'll help you decide so that really is what happened um she got the John Briarly book which many of you are familiar with um, you aren't familiar with it, know. Tony. Because, um, for those of you that don't know, or maybe haven't heard, on our, we discussed a little bit on our last podcast. But Tony didn't buy any books or do any research because that's how Tony Cruz likes to, <laughs> to roll. <laughs> uh, my sister is the antithesis. In fact, maps make her happy, and if she doesn't have a good map, she she um, there's some anxiety involved. So. I'm kind of in the middle. I can take it or leave it. Part of the joy of the Camino is that you really don't, once you get to the starting point, you really don't need a map. And in fact, my sister carried the book, the guidebook, the entire way. And I walked in front of her um, for a couple different reasons, but I didn't need the the book ever because the of the, the signage, the shells and the yellow arrows that guide you, you really don't need a book. It's helpful to know when you get to a town if you want to continue on to know how far the next town is, because that can be uh, elusive. So you're tired. You think I might have a few miles left in me, but maybe the next town is 10 miles, not just a few miles. And at the pilgrim's office, they, they give you a piece of paper with like topography and distances between each of the towns. 
And so you can sort of like plan your stages. I did have those pages. Oh, so you I did. Had, oh, I good like job. Two eight and a half by eleven <laughs> pieces of paper that I, you could barely read, but they would tell me, you know, yeah. if I want to go to the next town, that's going to be another eight miles, and do I have eight miles in my legs? Right. So Which I is important. Okay, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. That, that would have been worrisome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so suffice it to say, she did pretty much all the research. I, at that time, was working for Columbia Sportswear. So my, um, my task was all of the equipment. And um, yeah, badass equipment. I badass equipment. Um, Columbia owns Mountain Hardware. And I have just recently found out that they have stopped making trekking, trekking packs, packs yeah. uh, which is super sad. Why Mountain Hardware? Why? I'm, I'm putting out this in the world, I think that's such a sad, sad thing because your packs were amazing. Um, in fact, I still have mine. It's working great. Um, so I got us some gear, some half price gear, some free gear, got us our packs, our jackets, privilege. all, Just all, <laughs> I had worked there at that point for 10 years. So it was, it was a good deal. Um, and one of, I will say the most kind of controversial, uh, purchase that we made maybe it's not controversial but people have a lot of opinions about walking poles some people love them some people don't like them um i had never walked with poles prior to this and because lissa had done the research and it had been overwhelmingly positive to take poles we ended up getting poles and we got them from this really cool english company i'm not getting paid for this uh called pacer poles which are ergonomic handles so your hands just rest in them rather than grip them and um, to this day, like, if you're my house you're if my house was burning down, I would grab my pacer poles and yeah, get out you, the door. You told me I had to take poles. And then you didn't, and that's fine. No, I did. Did You did. I but, did take poles. But that's not those poles. No, I just bought... I just find inexpensive poles at, at Next Adventure, but did you? Uh, did you, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I, oh. I went over the Pyrenees with poles, and then and I, then you let them go. I, I left. I actually left them behind <laughs> in a hostel. Yeah. And I got a mile outside of town. When I looked down, I realized I didn't have my poles in my hands, oh. and I decided it wasn't worth walking back. <laughs> I didn't want to walk back a whole mile, so I just left them you behind, left and I never looked back. I didn't miss them at all. In fact, I preferred to walk without them. I think it's a really personal thing. Um, but I will say, there's a couple. There's the first couple of days in the Pyrenees where they were super helpful. And then what's the, what's the mountain range you go over? That's got the, the really famous, you know, the, the like, uh, silhouette, the silhouettes of several pilgrims in a row. Oh, the Alta de Perdón, where sure. the guy sells the beer on a hot day. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't get off the beer, but the, coming down that yeah. hill, Oof. that's. Yeah. So I have uh, two reconstructed knees, uh, from playing basketball in college that um, were done in many, many years ago. So they, um, when I say done, they were repaired. Uh, my ACL was torn and I had to have reconstructive surgery on them both. Uh, I desperately needed the poles coming downhills. Not so much going up, but I really like them because they give my hands and arms something to do rather than just sort of hang limply down at my side. So that's a really personal thing, but um, if you're wondering, get some pools try them out you can always take them back and um see what you like but yeah so you've done you've done multiple treks in your life and yeah you've gained some opinions yeah and you, you have some very specific like packing lists and yeah like may, um, yeah how to how to pack as little as possible but make sure you have all the essentials yeah and i i um one of the things it's funny one of the things that i didn't take on my first camino that i absolutely took on the second one which is super controversial a pair of jeans 
And the reason why I know you're totally, he's looking at me very strangely. Um, the second Camino I walked on was the Camino Portugues. And I had no time agenda. The first Camino I walked on, it was very specific. We knew exactly where we were going to be pretty much every day. We had a few rest days, but we had a plane heading back to the States on a certain day. So we were on a schedule. And um, with my second Camino, I had bought a one-way ticket to Europe. And the Camino Portugues was my very first endeavor in that time period. So I didn't have any sort of set schedule. So it meant that if I wanted to stay in Porto for a week, I could stay in Porto for a week, which was a huge, huge luxury. And if you can ever travel that way, I highly, highly recommend it. It, it is life-changing. But I knew that I didn't want to always be in pilgrim wear, which means you're, yeah. whatever you're wearing to hike in is pretty yeah. much what you wore the entire time. And yeah. so knowing that I would have a three or four days, maybe that I would want to be in a city, I wanted to look not like... A hiker so I took some or a trekker I wanted to wear a pair of jeans and go out into the world and not look like a pilgrim so that was really nice it was a little heavy sure but I did not regret it for a minute so what's what's sort of a typical amount of poundage to carry oh gosh it really varies I think if I can remember correctly I think my pack was around 20 or... I remember you saying like 22 pounds or something Three like pounds, something right there. Uh, maybe 23 with the jeans. But yeah, about 23 pounds. Mine ended up being like 33. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Did you have extra heavy shoes that you carried that you... you did you no, have... No. no? Hmm. It was 30, it was 30 pounds. Hmm. Mine might have been more like 25 or 26 maybe. I don't remember, honestly. But for those of you who don't know, Kari is my trekking guru, so I basically went off her packing list <laughs> and begged and borrowed. I mean, I didn't have the equipment, so I had to borrow a pack and I had to borrow a shell and I had to borrow. So just so you all know, Tony is not a hiker. He doesn't go hiking. I don't go hiking. No. He's not. And that's what's so interesting is you'll meet a lot of people on that are trekking, long distance trekking that are not hikers. You kind of assume, oh, you like to long, you like to, you're on the Camino and you're hiking 10 miles, 15 miles, 20 miles. You must be a hiker. But no, that's not actually true. You'll meet a lot of people who for this, for, for that particular moment is very, it's very new to them. And like Tony, they might become walkers, but they don't necessarily become hikers because yeah. it's a very different experience. Can no, you speak no, more I, to that? Yeah, I love, I mean. I've I've lived my whole life in Oregon. I'm a fifth generation Oregonian on both sides of my family. Did you say Oregon? No, Oregonia. Oh, you said Oregon. I've lived my whole life. I've lived my whole life in Oregon. In Oregon, because I carry one everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've never. I I'm not into hiking. I'm a car camper. Uh, I'm I'm not. That's I'm not wired for that. But I love to walk. I love to walk. But, the experience of walking. The okay, Camino so what's Santiago. the difference? I, I can't explain it. Because isn't hi hiking walking? Well, okay, okay. So here's here's the difference, and maybe I'm making some assumptions. Um, I don't want to carry a tent. I don't mm. want to be cold. I don't want to worry about whether or not I have the ability to make a fire. Like, 
you know, people who go on these multi-day hikes, like they're they're amazing. I, it's great. I think it's great. I'm just not motivated by it. Okay, you know it's so. Like, f- what I want to do. I want to. I want to walk my ass off. Like I average. And then have a glass of wine. I average twenty plus miles a day. My longest day I think was thirty-eight miles on the Camino de Santiago. I loved it. But when I arrive, I want to get a. What was what was that? Um, uh, like it's Pilsner and and lemonade. Oh, like the shandy type thing. What is it called? It's called a clara. Is that what See, it's called? See, I don't know this because I always went straight for the wine. Yeah, no, and and I want to be able to sit in a cafe and read after I arrive, and then, um, you know, we'll get into the well. Uh, well talk about a typical day. T- talk about a typical day. Like, okay, wake so up, take us wake up through. through yeah. So a typical day for me would be. Um, by the way, I just wanted to, I was inserting there and I tried to interrupt you and I didn't, wasn't successful, but I, <laughs> um, I agree. I, a side note is that I'm 47 years old and I just this year have sort of finally admitted to myself that I'm not really a hiker either. Like my whole life I've been like, I'm a hiker. Oh yeah, I'm a hiker. I'm a backpacker. I am going on a backpacking trip next week. We're going to go for four days, but Three to four days is the max. Like, I don't want to go for longer. Yeah, yeah. And actually, if someone had a trip here close by an hour away that I could do, like the Camino, hike and then sleep in a really nice, you know, a, a, a comfy bunk bed with a glass of wine waiting for me at the end of the day, I would absolutely do that and not backpack. I'm sort of realizing I'm, I'm not really a hiker either. I'm a walker, which I, so I get it. It's, it's strange. It's a strange thing. Um, so... You, when you are a pilgrim on the Camino, uh, you can stay in the um, albergues, which are the pilgrim hostels. Specifically, you have to have your little credencial to show that, hey, I'm a pilgrim. And they stamp your credencial and let you in. And It's, you c- it's, like, a, it's like a cheap passport that's folded up and you, you get stamps along the way and it proves that you've actually done the walk but it's pretty cool because every place has a different stamp yeah it's all it's great. oh stop it's he <laughs> i like them they're they're fun there's this one particular place on the on the camino portuguese and he had wax and he did this very elaborate stamp but what he didn't realize is when you shut the pages and you stuck it in your backpack yeah. if it was hot it would melt into melt, the other yeah. pages it was bad news um but anyway yeah, my pilgrim passport is gnarly i mean it's all just <laughs> soaked in sweat and it's <laughs> That's right, and blood and blood um no so you but the the rule is you can't stay more than one night unless under extenuating circumstances they'd let you stay but generally it's one night so you get kicked out in the morning my sister and i actually got chased out by a nun one morning because we were always the last one out literally we were always the last because we like this we're sleeper inners and i don't know if that's a word but you we literally would be the last ones out and all the germans and the french would be wrestling around making you know at five o'clock in the morning getting early starts and we would have our swimming bags is not prejudiced towards the germans (laughs) i love them they're just early 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 risers and they tended to be german and french i don't know it just you didn't really hear americans wrestling around at five just because you'd get to know people and who they were and you'd move your bunk away from the early risers so um but you'd be out the door by eight Tony would be out the door at like 6. 6.30. 6.30. I'd be out the door by 8. And you'd get yourself some uh, breakfast, which usually was a cafe con leche and tostada. So like basically toast and coffee, um, maybe with some meat if you were lucky. And then you'd start walking. And then about, depending upon when you rose, a couple hours later, you would 
get a second breakfast. And um, second breakfast was always the best because usually it was another cafe con leche and possibly a croissant or a pastry. Um, and you'd sit, it was, it was always really lovely because you would come across a cafe and there'd be maybe a few pilgrims sitting there. You get to chat, you'd rest for a little bit. And then... Okay, I have a quick question. Yeah. Sorry to break in, but did you guys make reservations? We did not. We did not. Then how were you able to tarry along the way? Tarry? Tarry. <laughs> I don't know when everyone has ever asked me, <laughs> how did you tarry along the way? <laughs> um, well, so here's the deal. We, I think, when did you start your pilgrimage? I think we did May all... May 1st. Okay, so we did exactly the same, literally. Right, but I arrived May 29th. That's right. <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't know if just in the few intervening years between our first pilgrimage and your pilgrimage, it has gotten a lot more crowded. But what yeah. we would do is we would we would tarry. <laughs> um, but we would have lunch. So we, after our second breakfast, we'd walk some more. We'd have lunch. We'd um, then, usually my sister and I, we'd walk together in the morning. Um, Tony and I are about exactly the same height. Um, we're both six taller than average. Taller than average. <laughs> um, I'm six foot three. I don't know how tall Tony is. He's pretty tall. Six two. My sister is 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 a measly five foot ten, and so we had different strides. I'm I walk quite a bit faster than my sister does, and so at lunchtime we would figure out from her book where we were going to stay, and then I would walk off in my own normal pace, which was quite a bit faster. So I would carry our passports. I would carry money, all the things I needed in order to to get the beds for the night. Now, most people want to, some of the, there is, the, the only stress on the Camino for me was getting to a town and having it be completely full. So, right. and that is definitely um, yeah. happens a lot these days. And so, that never happened to us where we weren't able to stay in the town. Um, we were able to stay, you know, there there was times when all of the hostels were full and they let us use a mattress in the city hall or they would always try to find room. The, the town, the townspeople would always try to find room for us. Um, but had it been, had I been walking the same pace as my sister, there would have been multiple times where we would not have had beds. Um, so my faster speed allowed us, I would secure beds. So and what then, time would you arrive? Oh bed? gosh. Um, you walked definitely longer days than I did. Uh, I would say three, between three and four. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I was up at, I was up at 6.30 yeah. usually. I was, uh, I was walking. Mm-hmm. By seven every day, I haven't got my coffee, which mm-hmm. was essential. Did you drink cafe con leche? Sure, whatever. Okay, that's an important question. You can't just blow it off like that. No, you don't even no. remember, do you? Probably cafe americano mostly. Ugh. Ugh. Whatever. And uh, <laughs> but I would walk. I'd walk uh, four miles an hour. So and I wouldn't stop. That would be faster than we were walking, for sure. So even though I was walking 25 miles a day, I was still arriving by one in the afternoon. Yeah. So your days were faster and shorter. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, anyway. 
So, so usually, so my sister and I had decided uh, on that Camino to not bring cell phones with us. We had left, she had a digital camera just to take photos, but we left our phones at home, which was pretty, even like in 2013, it was kind of a big decision because we really wanted to step away from everything. And so uh, we didn't have a way to communicate back and forth between the two of us. So what we decided to do is I would get the beds. And if you're, if you walk the Camino, you'll know that sometimes the albergues are right on the path and sometimes they're a few blocks away, or sometimes there might be a half a mile away. It just depends on the town and what's, how many beds are filled. You walk into a village and um, if you're not using a a book to tell you where to go, (laughs) you just walk in and there's, there's like, there's like signs with arrows saying albergue, albergue, albergue. And you just sort of like wander around until you find one and you walk in and. Right and yeah, and hopefully just, there's a bed there. I would just say I would just walk in and say, "Is there a bed?" And they say yes. And I'm- and the, the the word of death would be completo, <laughs> which means we're full. <laughs> um, so and it's like five euro a night. Yeah, it's like nothing. It, it's, it's it can be as cheap as two euro, and then some of the more pr- the private ones go up to fifteen euro, which is still re- really really cheap. Um, so. I would get uh, a bed for my sister and I, and then I would go back to the Camino where I parted from the Camino. Well, no, before that, I would I would literally every night, I would get a glass of wine from wherever I was staying. I would put my pack away. I would grab my sketching materials, which is just like a journal and a little bag of, of my pens and paints. And I would go back and I would sit on the Camino and I would wait for my sister. Uh, and... The very first night that happened was was in Orison in the Pyrenees, and uh, I drew I drew something, and that's a whole other story. But like that was really part of that life changing experience for me on the Camino because I'd never done consistent sketching before, and I thought, well, I'll take some materials with me, maybe I'll draw, maybe I won't. And um, because of that rhythm, my sister takes full credit. She says if she hadn't been slower than me, I wouldn't have drawn anything. <laughs> so I would go, I would sit, I would draw while I waited for her. And so wherever yeah, I was, I hadn't thought about that. Like, how did you guys find each other again? Yeah. So I would sit on the Camino and wait till she walked by me. And literally we only missed each other twice because there was one day that it was pouring rain and I got to the albergue and it was a little bit, it was, I think it was Rabanal and it was kind of off. The, it was, it was off a little ways and it was weird because the road parted in the middle of the town so you could go both ways. Yeah. And so I'd gone to this hostel and I, it was pouring rain and I really didn't want to go sit out in the rain. And so I was hoping I would see her that she would choose my way. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> but, uh, I think two, two times out of the entire trip was not bad. So, um, I would wait for her. I would say, Hey, and I'd grab her and then we'd go back to, um, go back to the hostel and so um so that's how I started sketching every day and that sketching became a part like a very dear um an important part of my Camino experience to me and and actually ended up changing a whole lot of things about my life when I returned um but that rhythm uh of of waiting for her and then um just being and one of the other things too is just wherever I sat down was what I drew so I didn't wander about the town looking for the best view or the best thing to draw it was really what was directly in front of me and so this idea of being present and just i'm going to jump in here jump in so kari's actually published two books with her sketches from these experiences and i think the metaphor of 
of sketching what's right in front of you as opposed to finding the most iconic or postcard moment, but just seeing the beauty and the sacredness in the very typical, the very like the very average place along the way is is a profound metaphor of what we're trying to do with Pilgrim Lost. It's it's not about finding the perfect. It really is about mining the perfect that exists in the mundane. And that's why I really love this metaphor. And if you haven't had a chance to see her books, you, you need to look those up. And uh, So what's your website? KariGale.com. KariGale, G-A-L-E.com. K-A-R-I-G-A-L-E.com. <laughs> so anyway, keep going. Uh, I, I love what you just said, mining the perfect in the mundane. See, this is what happens, you guys. He says these things, and I'm like, write that down. Write that down. Uh, and and ju- just to take a moment and that concept has become sort of in my art and I hope in my life experience is to that that has become sort of my mission statement like how do I how do I um how do I be present to what is right in front of me that seems like a great place to end this first part of our discussion of life on the Camino I so appreciated Kari's thoughts on the profound and the beautiful in the space of the mundane. I hope you enjoyed it. Look for part two coming soon. And thank you for walking with us on the Pilgrim Lost podcast. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.